What's up, guys? Welcome to Joe Pat on the Bets. This is your host, Joe Pat, with co-host Ryan V. Shalom. All right, we're going to go ahead and talk about tonight's game, and so you can go ahead and get your money on that, move on, and then we'll talk about uh, last night's games. And then at the end of the show, we're going to give a little bit of an early preview of Tennessee-Pittsburgh next week. All right, so tonight's game that we're going to be talking about is Western Michigan versus Michigan State. Now, Michigan State, they still got their quarterback in Peyton Thorne, but they got a lot to replace, a lot of production to replace in Kenneth Walker. What do you think about this game, Ryan? Well, my main thought about this game is that the spread is extremely large at 21 points. That's the first thing that catches my eye. The second thing is, uh, yeah, Kenneth Walker was the entire offense last year, so I don't know how they intend on replacing him, but it's going to be a challenge no matter what. Yeah, we'll see how this game goes. The model uh, model likes Western Michigan a lot. They think this uh, Michigan State should win this game, but they think it much tighter, a 10-point spread. And I really trust this model. Yeah, if you listen to Wednesday's episode, you ought to. All right, well, let's move on from there. We got a lot to cover about West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Yes, we do. So, I've seen some things on Twitter about how JT's Quote unquote picks, well, quote unquote JT's pick six was the reason they lost this football game. That receiver let that ball go. He had a first down, goes through his hands, pick six. And they still drive down the field with a chance to tie the football game. Yeah, I mean, he hit him right in the numbers. You can't really blame the quarterback on that. But zero also made quite an impact on this game. So he didn't really lose it for them either. You You can't put it all on him. No, you cannot. I wish uh, ESPN would give you the targets in college. They only do in the NFL. For some reason, in the box score, they give you the targets, but in college, they don't. That's lazy. Number zero, Bryce Ford Wheaton had uh, nine catches for 97 yards and two touchdowns, but he did have some drops and some big moments, including that one. He may not have hands like glue, but that dude is a freak athlete. He can get open. They got some big physical receivers on this West Virginia football team. I... I, this game doesn't do much hurt harm to them against uh, their Big 12 schedule. They still got a lot of football to play. Big 12 is the wild, wild west out there. It's wide open this year. Anybody can win this thing. I can't exactly blame them for taking the L either. I mean, they're traveling to Pitt, who's ranked number 17 in the preseason. So you've got a little bit of an intimidation factor there, too. And you've got a first year with this team, quarterback. It's not his first year in college football, but it's his first year with this team. So you don't really know what to expect. you got to expect some nerves coming from West Virginia, especially since they're not at home. Hey, this West Virginia defense had Keaton Slovis calling his lawyer. He was getting harassed all night long. Yes, sir. Last week you said Pitt was all about the pass rush. They eat, sleep, and breathe pass rush. But I saw Slovis on the run quite a bit more than JT. Well, Pittsburgh did get in there and wreck some plays on defense. They had a... Eight tackles for loss, two more than West Virginia, and all their tackles were lost for sacks. And uh, they also had seven QB hurries. So they got to the quarterback. They just didn't get home every time. The pressure was real. The, pe- the pressure was there. But this game pulls down to uh, offensive penalties and just coughing the football up. 
I mean, nobody could hang on to the ball at all. Yeah. How many total fumbles were there? Too many to count. There was a bunch. Oh, yeah, they stopped counting after, like, nine each. Uh, there was five total. But only one was lost by each side. So, really, there's only two turnovers out of those five fumbles. But the ball was on the the ball was on the turf a lot. It looked to be on the turf a lot. All right. Well, either way, we still covered in that game. So, that's a W. All right, next we got Penn State-Purdue. Penn State took that game with a last last drive touchdown. Sean Clifford played okay, 20 of 37, 282, four touchdowns and a pick. But uh, Aiden O'Connell for Purdue played a a pretty football game. 29 of 58, not the greatest completion percentage, but, I mean, it's Purdue. 356 yards and a touchdown. Wish he could have got more out of his receivers after the ball, but their running back, King Daru, had himself a day. We also have to acknowledge that that's 58 attempts. That's a lot of attempts. You don't want to be throwing the ball 58 times. That's near 50% completion, if not exactly 50. But he didn't turn the football over. In that many attempts, that honestly kind of impresses me. Yeah. One thing we forgot to mention about that West Virginia-Pittsburgh game is this true freshman quote-unquote tight end that they had at running back is a monster. Oh, we have to dial it back. (laughs) What did he have, seven carries? Yeah, seven carries for 125 and a touchdown. Absolutely. And like 13 broken tackles. Dude is a monster. Move that man to forget tight end. He's not playing tight end no more. He's playing running back. Put Tony Mathis on the bench. Put C.J. Donaldson in at running back. I think... Part of the reason he was effective, though, is because nobody was expecting him at running back. You know, like their coach said, you're going to see him in the backfield. But I don't think anybody actually took that seriously. He's a giant. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Six foot four and 245 pounds is hard to tackle. I wouldn't want to. All right. Back to Penn State Purdue. Now, Penn State tried to give this game away. Sean Clifford threw air mail to pass to a receiver, and they got taken to the house. But, got to give credit where credit's due. He let him down the field later in the game. Two-minute drive. Throws a fade. Wins the game. I'd give Clifford a B-minus throughout the entire game. I mean, he didn't really impress me, but he got the job done and did what he needed to in the moment. Let's talk about Joey Porter. We can talk. Dude's a man. You ain't completing passes on this dude. Joey Porter did have himself a night. He had a, a fumble recovery. Did he have any interceptions? Or was he just breaking up every single ball that went He had him? no interceptions, I believe. But he had six pass or pass breakups, which is tied for the most since Pro Football Focus started tracking pass breakups. He was on one. He had the clamps. It was an impressive day. But uh, either way, we got a Pittsburgh cover. While it was a backdoor cover and it was close, and I thought it would be about a 7-10 to 10 point game. We still get a cover. That makes us 2-0 and 0 for the ninth. Now, we're going to briefly go over this Tennessee Ball State game. Because uh, Tennessee went forward on fourth way more times than I would have liked to see against a Ball State football team. Honestly, Tennessee fans, you got too much hope <laughs> from this game because of the scoreboard. If you truly watched... Tennessee made some sloppy, sloppy errors, and they need to fix those if they're going to have any hopes of beating a team that's in the SEC. And one thing to think about is Tennessee is going to 
against a team like Ball State, they're going to try some things that they're not normally going to try against a, a better opponent just to see what their guys are capable of doing and what they may need to be able to do late in the year to I'm, be able to have a good season. I'm not saying there's no hope for Tennessee fans this year, but I'm saying if you're getting your hopes up already, you're making a mistake. Yeah. I think they go undefeated up until Alabama comes into town. Hot take, I do think that uh, Hendon Hooker has the ability to be in the Heisman race if Tennessee's wide receivers can catch the ball. In my opinion, as long as Tennessee goes 10-2, it's because Hendon Hooker had a good season and he'll be in New York. I ultimately think Will Anderson takes on the Heisman this year, but that's just me and a couple few other people. All right, on to next week's game. We have Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh comes to town after Tennessee went up there and lost a close football game. But I'm not certain they would have lost if uh, they would have started Hendon Hooker over Joe Milton in that game. So, what do you think about this game coming up, Ryan? You think Tennessee's going to win this game? What's the spread on this one? Uh, Let me double check real quick. It was pretty tight. It may have—I don't know if it's moved since uh, Pittsburgh's first game is finished. After after watching both teams, I, I do think it's going to be a tough fought battle. I don't think any one team is going to have a major advantage. But if Tennessee doesn't clean up the sloppy errors, they're not going to have a chance in this game. Pitt is a good football team, and they're going to capitalize on every single mistake. Yeah, Pitt can run the football. They showed us that. Hammond's a pretty good back. Keaton can stand in there and make the throws when he needs to. We'll see how it goes. I I personally like Tennessee in this game. I'm doing everything I can to find the freaking line on this game, but ESPN ain't trying to tell me, so I got to get on FanDuel. All right, we're back. So the line on this game is Tennessee four and a half. Ryan likes uh, Pittsburgh to cover, but I like Tennessee to cover. That high-octane offense, 2.7 seconds to snap, that's a lot for a team to deal with. I never said that I liked Pitt to cover this. I just asked Jordan why he didn't. Let's be clear on that. All right, all right. He wants to claim innocence now. It's okay. You're just trying to throw me under the rug. I'm not going to impose you on a stupid call here. I mean, ESPN's got this as a 50-50 matchup. They give the slight advantage to Pitt with a 50.1% chance of winning. But in my mind, this is all a toss-up. Like, if Tennessee can clean up their sloppy errors, they have a high-powered and fast offense. They can do some damage. What they really lack is a secondary. And a secondary that's in tandem with their linebacker core, mostly. Because they have good athletes on the field in most places. Kanata Mumpfield from Pittsburgh had a good game. The transfer wide receiver from Akron. But... Here's where I stand on ESPN's FPI Power Index rating right there, that you're talking about with the 50-50 game. It had uh, Hawaii as a 78% chance to win against Vanderbilt, and they got fucking shellacked. So. And for the record, you lost money on that game. I did. So did some of our listeners. But it's okay, because we're back. 2-0 last night, baby. Fast start to the week. All right. That's all we've got for you here today. Appreciate you listening. Leave a like, review, follow us on Twitter, at JoePatOnTheBets. Tell us if you disagree with any of Jordan's statements, honestly. Like, there's a lot to be made that are just wrong. Yeah, and 
Who knows? You may get a reply to on the podcast. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Love you. Thank you.